SEO this week, episode number 44. We're going to look at organic click-through rate studies, local SERPs, and how they're being affected by uh, voice and knowledge graphs and rich snippets and all that stuff and more ads. We're also going to look at a golden post that helps you write ad copy based off of not only your reviews, but the reviews of your competitors. All this and more on episode 44 of SEO this week. Hey, Clint here again. So let's go ahead and talk about the click-through rate study in Internet Marketing Ninjas. I think this is probably the SEO post of the week, and it brings out a lot of questions, uh, especially, you know, as for the is SEO going to be dead soon uh, crowd that you hear all over the place. And frankly, those just it's just fear again and change and et cetera and failure to adapt. So I usually discount anyone that go ahead and, and marks that or uses that as some kind of clickbait thing to start a discussion. And frankly, SEO is not going to be dead as long as there is going to be an algorithm that uh, automatically facilitates the search ranking positions, SEO is going to always be there. So with that said, we always want to know what the click-through rate is going to look like for your, um, your investment because SEO is not cheap. Good SEO is not cheap for sure. Uh, so you have to kind of balance that out. And what we're looking at is a click-through rate by positions according to Internet Marketing Ninja's study. Give you a little bit of insight. They looked at 20,000 inquiries over a three-month period, saw 64 million impressions, and over 4 million clicks. Now, this post is actually kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, is dumbed down. Uh, but there is a white paper on the entire thing and how they did it and all that stuff if you're you want to look into that and kind of maybe think about doing this on your own. I will say that collecting that amount of data over uh, that period of time is no, no easy task by any means of imagination. That's why I think the last one of any significance was in 2014. So this is a really good post to have. Some things that they saw that I thought were enlightening is the click-through rate positions. Uh, the, position, the actual rate went down. Now we are looking at uh, 20, 2014, the number one position got what some like 40% of the clicks based on that study's data. And this one said it's getting just over 21. Uh, and then it drops down to 10% in number two and seven and number three. So the, let's say the featured snippets, the ads, the maps, they're really hurting organic click-through rate traffic. However, I think there's also some other insights in here. And if you follow through, the other studies don't really track all the way down to number 20. Uh, and this one did. And they found that there was a steady set of clicks that are going all the way down to the number 20 listing. Uh, for the click-through rate for business-to-customer inquiries was 20%. And it stayed at or around 2% all the way to the 20th position. Uh, B2B inquiries, pretty much the same. The Actually, the click-through rate actually was more steady from the top 10 versus that really sudden dramatic drop that we saw in the B2Cs. Non-branded inquiries, again, 20% uh, went down. So if you're looking at branded, then you should probably have some ads going uh, at the same time to go ahead and capture that up. And then the click-through rate for branded inquiries. Now, what we do at Digitaleer is we've strongly emphasized, you know, it's great to rank for a money keyword, but you also want to work on your branding and you have your branding done. And this, the click-through rate study here shows that 26% are going to the organics, first, second positions, and then there's 10 and 16% in the 17th and 18th positions. 
And what this tells me is that there's people that are taking their branding seriously and ranking for their branding, including the knowledge graph, ads, uh, and maps. And then there's others that are not, and your customers or the people that are seeking out your brand are having to go to page two to find your website versus the uh, um, the other directories like Yelp, Yellow Pages, and all that other crap. So um, that really emphasizes that you need to go ahead and go ahead and, um, and focus on an SEO campaign, if anything, just for your brand name so you can rank for that. Another thing that I saw interesting is because the traffic volume is going now uh, actually increasing on page two, I think what's happening, and this is my just my perspective on it and looking at the data and kind of adding two and two together, Google is putting more ad blocks, feature snippets, and maps on page one, and the users are not getting what they want because also in local, uh, if you're in that space, you know that directories are really uh, dominant. Uh, so let's you're looking at a dentist, for instance, and you go there uh, and you'll see Yelp pages uh, and some other directories. Try to find a plumber. Uh, you'll see Home Advisor uh, and Angie's List and all those other pages. And I think customers are getting tired of it. Honestly, I think searchers are going, I don't care. I don't want a directory. I want you to solve my search. And you solve my search by giving me an actual plumber that I can go to their website and call them. And that's why we're seeing the increase in traffic that's going to page two, especially for B2C queries. They're skipping the directories now. They're skipping the maps. They're skipping the ads. And they're going to the pages that actually have businesses, the people that are going to solve their problem. They're not going to Google, which is a quote unquote directory, to find another directory to find to have to go through again and find the person or the contractor that they're looking for. Uh, and I, I think that's really telling. And if I was Google, <clears throat> and this is something that's happening across the board, I significantly look at my ads and my map placements and what they're doing to the local search results. Then again, we'll see in another study that their mobile ads revenue for Google actually went up by 50%. So, uh, basically the ads are doing well for mobile. That's why there's so much emphasis on Google for mobile because they want to monetize it more and more and more and more and just blast your phone with ads. Um, so I think they're, like I've been saying all along in other communities and stuff, as Google is going to reach a tipping point where they're just going to piss off their searchers, they're going to go and skip those ads on page one altogether and page two is going to get a lot more traffic. So Honestly, you know, that's probably the future. And I, if I was Bing, I'd take note of that uh, and, and take advantage of that and provide better search results that don't include directories and see how that works out for them. All right, our next post is on Hannapin Marketing. It's the ultimate guide to URL tracking uh, for Google Analytics. Here's what basically what it boils down to is they're using UTMs. And you can set up Google Analytics to do it all by yourself inside of your and connect that to your AdWords campaign and kind of mix that process all together. Or you can create them manually using the uh, UTM creator. We've covered this before on several other shows, and I think it's just important for you guys to kind of to, to leverage this and think about 
using these and adding it to your workflow. I know it's an added step. I know it's kind of a pain to go ahead and do that for every time that you're creating a new link, but there are tools that kind of automate this process for you. Um, just for an example, if you're using WordPress and you're sending out these links, sending out links to social media to, to, um, to promote your content, uh, there's a tool called Snap, uh, and that what that will do is, it, and you can set that up to actually create the UTMs for you by itself. Um, specifically, if you're using Google AdWords, you should be doing that so you can watch the traffic flow from your specific your ad groups and your campaigns to see which one is turning uh, the most profit. You can even knock it down all the way down to the the keyword if you wanted to get into that. Uh, so you need to know this. You need to leverage it. And you need to use it uh, whenever possible. And especially if you're paying for traffic, you should be using these UTMs. So I would uh, check this post out. If you're not into UTMs, you haven't known, don't know anything about it, or you're kind of still a little bit confused about it, I think this is a really good uh, tutorial on it that puts it in plain English, and I think you'll enjoy it. <clears throat> Next, we go to BuzzSumo. This is actually one I've had this post in my bookmarks and saved in my email forever. Um, it is written in February, 2017, but I think it's still valuable to you uh, for content generation and influencer outreach. Now, BuzzSumo should have had this thing as put a part of their, their, um, onboarding process. Uh, cause frankly, it tells you how to use a, a tool that, you know, it's not cheap to have a BuzzSumo. I think it's like $97 a month, uh, just to use some of the features. There are free options, of course, but uh, the the real good features you have to pay that ninety seven for. But anyway, uh, this tells you how to compare role models, create um, content, curate content, connect with influencers, and contribute financially. I.e., know where to spend your money in your social media marketing uh, campaigns. And I think this is a really good post that you could leverage with just about any tool that does what BuzzSumo does, which is, you know, grade and rate the popularity of uh, articles written based on topics and keyword searches that you use. So check this out. And if you're not using BuzzSumo or any like tool of it, then consider BuzzSumo to help you out with your content creation process, which, as we all know, can get a little mundane at sometimes. Uh, or... Use the same concepts with the tool that you, the like tool that you're using. Like if you have Ahrefs, I think they have a like tool in there. Um, there's, if you're using, uh, uh, there's some curation plugins that do this too. Uh, curation Suite for one uh, that does this. Um, so I think this will give you a, a lot of a lot more ideas on how to, to properly leverage a tool that you're spending money for uh, versus just having the tool. And looking at it for content ideas and you can actually turn it into content turn it into a influencer marketing campaign uh, and, and so much more and it'll help you with your paid social media stuff too so i think you'll enjoy this post i like it i saved it and it's about time that i shared it with you guys next is an integra uh, infographic it's on tidings.com this is a new site to the list uh, it's called the Evolution of Local Search Typography, typography, uh, and it's based off of a uh, presentation that was given uh, in the conference. The short version of this is that looking at it, you see the effect of uh, the feature snippet box and Google AdWords is having on the organic search results and how that's kind of carrying over. 
the end conclusion is that the local SEO is, while it's getting harder, uh, not so much harder to rank, it's getting harder to be a winner in it. And that goes back to that original click-through rate studies. You know, the, click, the rankings are, uh, the click-through rate is kind of dropped by half now, according to that study. Uh, and then as a result of the ads and the feature snippets that are coming up, I think, and I'm still going to go back to it, uh, I think that, yeah, it's going to be harder for us as SEOs to leverage that organic ranking for a little while. But I think the top position may no longer be of uh, organic importance or as much as it is uh, when you still leverage page one and page two for all of those potential clicks as well. So um, while you certainly get a lot more traffic for page one, page one, position one in the top three, it's always going to be that way. Um, I think page one and two now are no longer, especially page two is no longer the dead uh, black hole that it used to be. And if Google does not do anything and it stays along the path it is and keep adding more, then that's probably going to be better for us as SEOs um, because that page one requirement that clients have uh, will no longer be there because we'll be able to show how uh, even more targeted people are clicking through the search results and finding them. And they've gone through that extra effort uh, and the conversions may be a lot higher. So you'll be, see a better conversion rate. You'll see less traffic, but a better conversion rate, uh, which is ultimately the goal anyway. Uh, this post brings also some looks at some future monetizing stuff that Google's doing and uh, local or voice search. That's pretty everyone, you know, what's that? Cortana, the Amazon thing, Google Home. They're all kicked in the SEO community. Oh, now we have to optimize for voice search. Well, quite frankly, there's not as many people using voice search as they're letting on to be. And... Right now, it's you know mobile and desktop, but, but voice search is not really going anywhere. It's not increasing. So unless somebody invents some new stuff, then I don't foresee that really being uh, a change anytime soon. Unless, of course, we start having some nice more voice-activated computers where we can talk to our computers and be like, open Word, open Windows. You know, you can do that with drag and dictate, but make that a constant thing now. Uh, it shows up around your house, the automated home thing. If that really catches on, then maybe voice search uh, would be something that you have to worry about versus just not leveraging right now. So, uh, And then they talk about the history of the ads and some more stuff in here, especially the knowledge graph. This is a good post, pretty interesting, and I think you'll like tidings as well. I clicked around here. Uh, it's, a, it's a really cool site, give you some great information, so check it out. Next is gaps.com. This was a user submission or a listener submission. Uh, you can do that, by the way, on the SEO This Week show page. Uh, if you have a site or uh, an article you want to highlight, go ahead and drop it into the uh, the form there, and we'll check it out. If we like it, we'll add it. And that's what happened here. A user did that, so we added gaps.com. This post is how to build a six-figure newsletter without anyone knowing. This is cool. If you've ever thought about building a newsletter of any type, you need to read this, and I guarantee you it'll motivate you to go ahead and try it out. The author takes the time to go over a whole bunch of different newsletters that are out there, different styles, different monetization methods, and kind of shows how they're performing for people. Uh, and a couple of these I'm actually on. I think you'll find some that are, you, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm on that. I'm signed up to that one. There's a – so – 
I think the point here is that you shouldn't just look at the monetization method that you're using now. Like if you're a small business owner uh, and you have, um, let's say you're HVAC guy and you have a story to tell and how HVAC can help with uh, home ownership, some home ownership tips, maybe some DIY home ownership tips, and you create a great uh, newsletter around that, people are going to subscribe and going to pay for you. If you're a photographer and you're doing all kinds of pictures, and let's say uh, on a weekly basis, like if you like my photographer friends are taking you know two, three thousand pictures a, a, a week, uh, you can turn that into a newsletter and give out stock images uh, for people. Uh, all kinds of applications for newsletters. So check it out. I think this post you're going to enjoy it. It's going to get the brain the brain juices flowing. And there's also a how to go ahead and get it going for how to monetize your newsletter. Uh, so I think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, I know I did. It's a really good post. It's kind of lengthy though, so just go ahead and warn you now that you're going to take a little bit of time reading this one. Uh, we go to johnloomer.com and his Facebook groups for pages cut through the clutter. Honestly, what it is is just a step-by-step uh, -step guide on how to connect your Facebook page to your Facebook group. And now you can post inside of the group as your page. Valuable if you're doing branding stuff. Let's say uh, in, in our case, Digitaleer, what we're going to do is we have a on-page SEO guide coming out. And we're going to create a advanced version of that too that will be uh, behind a membership platform. And we're going to post in the group as Digital Lear because we want to be the subject matter experts. The brand is the subject matter expert. I'm behind it. I drove it. I created the SOPs. I wrote the guides. But it's my team that is leveraging it and getting results from our clients. So uh, that's when you want to brand behind, you know, build behind that brand because you're building the team. Sure, it's great to be you. Uh, and re and relate to them, but you want to do the same with your brand too. So I think that's really valuable here. Uh, I saw some people who actually had access to this way before, and we found another post that did it. But John's uh, guide here came out and is a timely example for the podcast, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it tells how to link to your group and uh, how to post that as it, and you link it on your page and highlight the group on your page as well, so you can generate more people into your group. Uh, so it's kind of a full circle thing. One tip that we found, though, is that if you are a admin on a page and then you add your you link the group to your page. And let's say you have a VA or someone who's also an admin on your page, but you don't want them to be an admin in your group because theoretically they can get mad at you and kick you out of your own group as an admin. Uh, you can actually revert them back to a normal user. And they'll still be able to use your page to post on your behalf for your brand uh, inside the group as a normal user. So check that out if that's a, or a concern for you. Honestly, it probably just smart business practice so you always maintain control of your group. Uh, how to write better ad copy using reviews and ng ngrams. This is on Seer Interactive. This is a golden post. If you don't look at any of the posts today or this week on this episode, read this one. And more specifically, there's a video down at the end to tell you how to do this. What they're doing is looking at and using a Chrome extension to mine reviews from either you or your competition. 
and then you reverse engineer those reviews to find pain points or positive points that uh, you've achieved in your reviews or your or your uh, competition has achieved and turning that into ad copy for PPC and landing pages. Golden idea. Uh, I, honestly, I can't believe that I haven't thought of it before. I am going to do this and, and start implementing that right away, not only for myself, but for my clients' PPC campaigns and see how the, re the results go. All the tools are down here to do it. The video is down there to walk you through it step by step. Uh, and the uh, the um, there's some screenshots in there to kind of see how you can use certain sites uh, with, this, with the, with the uh, Chrome extension that they provided as well. <laughs> Excellent idea. Uh, and if anything, uh, something that you should probably get started in right now. I would do, here's one suggestion. Let's say you get a good review on your, um, We'll go back to Dennis. You're a dentist and you got a great review. And then you're looking at your, you want to revamp your page just a little bit to increase conversions. And that great, great review said, my dentist did X, Y, and Z for me. Add that X, Y, and Z as part of your new conversion, your new copy and test that out. And you could do that with every review and you'll never run out of A-B testing ideas. So that's just one way you can use it. Uh, I'm sure you can think of tons more. Uh, great post by Sear Interactive and Will Reynolds is the author. LSA Insiders, five myths about proximity and location and data marketing. Basically, what they're talking about is the is Google's trend now is uh, specifically to serve you up results based off of where you're at. That's why you can get, use your computer and then get on your mobile phone or your tablet and see completely different results. It's not only device-based, it's because you're tracking your location through your settings. Walk across the street and get something different. Uh, or, you know, you're using a rank tracker and you give it to somebody and they're like, oh, I don't rank there because I'm here now. Uh, for example, I'm in my house in Eatonville and I'm looking for Olympia search results and I'm not seeing it. But when I go to the office, I'm ranking number one. How is that? Uh, well, that's proximity search. So I think this is pretty good post to kind of bring out some myths uh, just give you some highlights that are talking about myth one is all GPS data is the same. Uh, another one is location data, uh, helps with retargeting or equals retargeting or proximity and location tech violates consumer property privacy. Those are all some of the myths that they address. It is in a webinar format. It's 47 minute video that's embedded on the page. So obviously you're going to have to set some time to listen to it if you want to go in down this rabbit hole. I think it's interesting to know, if anything, you understand the concept after watching the video uh, and you can explain it better to whoever you're answering to for your marketing uh, and your SEO stuff. It makes it a little bit more of a comfortable conversation when you have clear, concise, accurate information of why they're seeing something different than you are. Next search engine land is Google dropped instant search. Basically what that means is, and you remember you go to Google and you see the auto suggest that dropped down on a little window, but the search results also cycled through uh, kind of guessing what you want in advance. The idea was to help you uh, find the stuff or find your results faster. The downside is that doesn't work on mobile. As we go back to Google wants to make more money with mobile. Uh, so they're just, they just eliminated it because it's not, uh, a process that they can do very well on a mobile phone and interface inter interferes with the 
the speed, quote unquote, of the search results. Uh, so they just got rid of it. Honestly, for me, I think it's great for SEOs that it's gone now. Uh, because let's say you're targeting specific keywords, but instant search was popping up and sending them to a different version of that keyword. And now you're not number one anymore. You're not getting your targeted user because instant search messed up the search results or provided uh, something that really wasn't what you're going for. Uh, so with this gone, now make optimizing for a keyword, for, typically for buyer keywords, is much more uh, effective. And this is better uh, for you get more targeted uh, audience to your website through search. And your ads are seeing more targeted people too. So uh, this is really good. I think you'll, you'll see uh, in the not too distant future that this is uh, a good change for you and your business. Next, you go to Moz is the uh, weekly whiteboard Fridays. This is five tactics to earn links without having to directly ask. Uh, basically, what there's what the the general premise behind this is everyone's asking for a backlink. You send an email. Here's how it goes: You send an email, and I wrote this great content, and it kind of fills your need. Check it out, or um, oh, I went to your page, and you have this link going here, but it's broken. That kind of stuff, and then eventually. Uh, you just get tired of listening to people say no. And supposedly it may hurt your brand. I don't think it does, especially if you're doing it in a non-douchebag way. But um, in the end, you, you know, you're spending all this money to send 100 emails out. Let's just say an example and getting 10 of them to actually say, yeah, sure, I'll link to you. Uh, so there's some new tactics that he's provided here that you could try to leverage and kind of stand out for the crowd. I'll list them off is one is I made this thing you'll probably use. So you have existing content, you contact the author, you make a connection, and then they add your link because they're probably going to use it inside of the specific need that they have for that content that they, that they already made. So in our case, we have on-page SEO guide, and maybe we, uh, we see a post about schema and they're offering some suggestions on schema, but they're not offering a template. Well, the SEO guide is going to have that template in it uh, that we use start to finish for local businesses, for organization and products and articles. The templates are going to be right there. So you copy, paste, boom, put it on your site. You're good to go. All right. Uh, so that we filled that specific need because they have an article about schema. We have templates for their readers and they can link to us. There you go. Another one is... You list things like X and I have or M and X. Uh, so resource lists and then you want to uh, add or request that you get added to your resource source list. So that's that's probably that's an old take on a uh, or a new take on an old method. Basically, you search for sites that use resource lists or uh, roll ups. Uh, and if they're doing the roll ups like SEO this week is a roll up uh, and you reach out to them and say, hey, Here's another article that I think will help uh, enhance the the effectiveness or the information that's given on the roll-up. So I think it'd be pretty cool. Or you can even offer uh, web design services like, hey, I see this is broken. We can fix that for free in exchange for a link. Okay. You know what I mean? So I think that'd be pretty cool too. So that's kind of the, you can like, you know, I have where I am next. 
Uh, let me help you with that. Same along the same lines. Maybe something's wrong, inaccurate. You offer away, or their website's broken. You offer to fix it. Hey, thanks for your help. Let me give you a link for it. That's a good way to do it. Especially if you have some VAs and you need some extra work for them to do. You just go out and find broken websites and offer to fix their graphics for them or whatever. That happens more often than you think. Or I'd be happy to provide an endorsement, offer to contribute. Like if you're you're using a product and you want a backlink, then reach out to the product creator. You bought it after all. Reach out to them. Leave a uh, create a testimonial or a review kind of thing. Uh, you know, just short and say, hey, here's a review or a testimonial on my endorsement. Can you also link back to my site? And most of those people are going to say yes. And then, the, obviously, the guest post contributions. This is not new, but it's a pretty good, interesting idea. Or you can add two. Uh, let's say, again, going back to the schema example, hey, uh, you provided this great thing. Here's my organizational template for schema uh, to help you enhance this article since you've already taken the steps to offer the, the, um, the concept. Well, provide this for you in, in in exchange for a link. And I think that's a good way to make a guest contribution. Or if you're doing like a tips thing, you know, link building for white hats in 2017, for example, uh, then you can go ahead and reach out to people and ask for contributions and then give them a link in exchange. There's a way to reverse that process. So find people that are doing that and reach out to them. So that's a pretty interesting idea. Next is Search Engine Journal's nine surefire ways to generate massive referral traffic. Uh, this is basically, uh, there's really nothing, anything new in here if you've been around the market for a while. But the concept is that you shouldn't all shouldn't depend on one form of traffic. PPC is great, converts, but don't make that your only thing. Goo SEO is great, converts, but don't make that your only thing. You want to find more things, more ways to get traffic in here. Some suggestions are, and obviously, again, these are not um, new to everybody, but they are, you know, if, if you've never heard of them, it's great. So, But Q&A sites like Quora, actually, and they say Yahoo Answers. Honestly, I've never been able to successfully generate traffic from Yahoo Answers. Quora is much better. Uh, so I'd start there. Video marketing campaigns, the... Um, Content curation, we mentioned that before. Influencer marketing campaigns, mentioned that before. And Facebook or forum posting. Forum posting and the Q&A stuff, lots of time. So <laughs> um, I would, you know, maybe dedicate an hour a week to that. Just when you're, you know, I don't know, or maybe during your lunchtime you can answer some questions. Uh, that kind of stuff. But those are time-consuming methods. So if you can outsource those, I would do that right off the bat. Uh, the video stuff, you can turn your old content into videos, influencer marketing campaigns, use the Sumo tool that we talked about earlier. And there's a couple other ones in here. Uh, Ninja Outreach, we actually use that one. Great tool. I think you'll like that one. Uh, so uh, this post is what it is. It's really, if you're, again, if don't leverage one source of traffic, don't even leverage just two. Get multiple sources of traffic. It's just like the same concept. You don't want to have one stream of income. You want multiple sources of income. So if you lose one, it's not as painful uh, and you have some backups. And we're going to close it out with Bing now supports claim view or claim review markup. Basically, if you remember after Trump won, there was a 
big old thing about how uh, Trump only won because of the fake news. And then the, the fake news thing went away because the Russians now, oh, the Russians did it. Um, but in short, what they came up with is a claim review markup. So let's say someone makes a claim, but there's no basis behind it. And we'll use the click-through rate study as an example. Obviously, they have the testing and stuff, so it's not accurate. But let's say someone says that your click-through rate is only going to be 21% for the number one position. And you have nothing to back that up. You can, as a writer, go in and make uh, content about the click-through rate study, back it up with data, and then use a claim review markup to say that you are posting facts about it and you're marking and here's the documentation to prove it that's what claim review does it's just another schema thing uh there's uh, some tools in here that are provided i'll show it to you here's the schema markup on the schema.org and then if you go back in there's also another link in here on the markup documentation inside of bing to show you what they're looking for uh, i would look at the formats that they do, though, because we use JSON-LD almost exclusively uh, for our schema market. But Bing doesn't read JSON-LD. They only read microdata version of it. So you need to keep that in mind when you're doing this. Pick out which way you want to do it. I would go probably, I would look at doing this in microdata because Google reads it and Bing reads it. Uh, so you can get a little bit of uh, Bing love as well. This goes right along with what I said before from the last post. Don't rely on one stream of traffic. Find multiple. So, All right. That's it. This is episode number 44 of episode or SEO this week. Jeez, tongue-tied right now. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you f- at least find one or two news pieces in there. If anything, read the ad copy uh, post and look at the organic click-through rate search results. Um study and the rest of the stuff is some great information but again you could probably add and skip the stuff that you know you just don't want so that's the purpose of this so i hope you enjoyed it again if you have a site gaps.com they did it they reached out to us and we added them so if you have a site that you're posting good content on or you have a favorite article or author that needs some help and needs some love uh, and is providing great content, go ahead and reach out to us at SEO This Week over at digitalear.com. Uh, post your link in the form. We'll check it out. If it qualifies, we'll add it. And again, thank you very much for listening, and have a great week.